0: Those big wireless companies try to lure you in with a new phone just to lock you into a contract. Not Simple Mobile. If you have a great smartphone you love, you can get a powerful nationwide 5G network without the contract. Just text the word BYOP to 611611 to see if your phone's compatible. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. Message and data rates may apply. Visit simplemobile.com slash privacy policy for privacy policy and the terms and conditions at simplemobile.com slash terms and conditions. Compatible 5G capable device and SIM required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. 5G upload speeds not yet available.
1: With kids around, me time runs out fast. Don't waste valuable child-free minutes on a drink run. Instead, get Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. Drizzly has the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, delivered in under 60 minutes. Get date night rolling before your parents bring him back. How about a living room sip and paint? They'll never know you stole their crayons. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today.
0: Hello there. Friends, here's an amazing free offer for everyone who's overweight. Even though you've tried other methods and failed, you can still lose ugly fat fast. Now, thousands can tell you that the Calimetric Reducing Formula is the only safe, sure, effective way to reduce. This package includes the Wonder 10-Day Diet that lets you eat three delicious meals a day, plus a bedtime snack, and uh, even includes a jog for your willpower. And yet you take only three Calimetric tablets per day. And now here's that sensational free offer I was going to tell you about. A 30-day supply of wonderful Calimetric tablets, a certified $3.50 value, when you buy the regular Calimetric way to weight control, you save $3.50. That's a $7 value for only $3.50, a 50% saving. And how can you get your free bottle of Calimetric tablets Just send in this Calimetric box stop with your name and address, and your druggist will give you a postage-paid envelope already addressed to the Calimetric company. So don't lose hope. Lose weight. Get Calimetric reducing formula at your drugstore. Send the box stop in the free post page envelope, and get your $3.50 bottle of Calimetric tablets absolutely free. Friends, believe me when I say don't wait. Act right now. All cops listen to this album, don't give us tickets We'll give you donuts if you don't give us a ticket I, I, I remember I was teeming, little Gums bleating Friday
1: evening, it was all about eating When I became a teen, it was all about beefing Now I'm ready for the world Trying to sink my teeth in Stacking extra cheese Like my pizza on the weekend This is how to eat to live But not is teaching The pig's still poison But we didn't believe him Made a pot full of cops With bullets as the seasoning What's on the menu Cause it changed every season Snitch sickles, was summer And the freezer's where we leave On my hat oodles and noodles Barbecue corn chips. You was probably eating up Some silkie in the porn flick I try to keep the same balance I was born with Everybody got grills Turkey or chicken, stupid or scared, no work in the kitchen now. Who put you there in that perfect position now? Want your food
0: you ain't yeah, diet eating. culture, uh how do I love thee? Wait, yeah, I don't. Um I think diet culture has been uh one of the many recent catchphrases in our world, which I think is at best annoying and at worst uh potentially fatal. Like weirdly, the diet culture has very little to do with food and a lot to do with fear. Um, You know, it's a 900 plus billion dollar global industry that banks on the fact that it can scare decent human beings into thinking they're unhealthy or ugly or stupid or on their deathbed. Um, I think it creates mental angst and promotes social anxiety. And I mean, think about that. 900 plus billion. Like just let that sink in for a sec.
1: This is Dr. Erin Nitschke. This is Dr. Darian
0: Parker. This is Decoding Diet Culture.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another conversation on Decoding Diet Culture. And today's focus is going to be on strategies to nurture body respect, either for the clients you work with, or maybe, maybe this applies well to you. And as a health and exercise professional, this topic has become more and more important to me as I have gained more and more experience, uh, particularly over like the last 10 years. Contemporary measures of progress in the fitness industry were were primarily focused on physical. So endurance, strength, body composition. And, And now we have these contemporary parameters that we tend to measure things like energy and sleep and mindset and mindfulness. So it transcends really that physical dimension that we used to focus on and think that, well, physical fitness is physical, but but it's really not. It's so much more than that. And one of the things, one of the hot topics in the health and exercise industry is this notion of body respect. And, um, it's, it's one of those things that diet culture wants to mute and it doesn't want to acknowledge it. And, and it, it does everything it can to fight against this idea of nurturing body respect and developing a healthy relationship with the body. Um, and, Think about this. How many times have you thought, oh, I I feel so fat or oh, my my calves are so small or this needs to be bigger or this needs to be different. And it's always in reference to some sort of physical landmark. And now, if you are a health and exercise professional and you're listening to this, ask yourself the same question. How many of you have had very similar kind of self-deprecating thoughts? And as a health and exercise professional, I am betting that most of us have have been there. We've all been there at one point or another. So the thoughts really that we have, these these cognitive distortions that we have are really influenced by diet culture and this fat phobic, perfection glorifying message that that really underpins the culture and, and what diet culture practices really involve. So the goal in talking about this is not to eradicate diet culture, Uh, what a dream that would be, but it's, it's never going to happen, but we can combat it by choosing to limit our exposure to those messages and also kind of rethinking our, our thought patterns, reframing our mindset. And so I want to share a handful of strategies that, that help nurture body respect because they're. They're focused on the relationship you have with yourself and it's, it's never going to be about your body. It's always going to come down to the relationship you have with the body. So hopefully you find some of these strategies useful or insightful, or, um, maybe just, just interesting. And you want to try them. kind of think of it as an all la carte option, uh, choose what you think might work for you and then explore other options as, as you go on. So the strategies that I'm going to share are not an exhaustive list. They are really what I have come to see be very effective over time as I have worked with clients, as I've worked with students. Um, There are certainly others out there, but I'm going to, I'm just going to share some very simple ones. So honor hunger. I put this at the top because one major red flag of diet culture is this, this idea of restriction, this idea of taking something away. And that when we do that, when we constantly chip away and take something away, we're ignoring the natural cues our body gives us to say, eat, you're hungry, you need something. And over time, we become desensitized. And those cues can be going off and going off. And it's like, we don't hear the alarm bells anymore. So the simple message here is just honor the hunger cues and reach for a snack that's going to nourish and and keep you satiated. And one of the strategies I like to, to do is to focus on protein, healthy fat and fiber. So some combination of that, whether it's a hard boiled egg and maybe an apple, or it's a banana with some natural almond butter, peanut butter, choose cashew butter, whatever, whatever your favorite nut butter is. It's a healthy fat because it, it helps keep you satiated. And that means it's just going to keep you fuller longer. So that's the first strategy. The second one is to take breaks. I don't know at what point in our existence as humans that the message became that that rest is a reward rather than a right. And that productivity is is always going to be the ultimate goal. Taking breaks is is a necessary component to heal and recover. And that goes for both physical breaks and mental breaks you need a physical break from exercise and activity and you need a mental break from all of the noise that comes with simply adulting and living life right so for clients what i like to do is integrate specific rest days into their overall program but i also when i'm doing reflective practices with them i ask them so what were your mental breaks like and i'll 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 talk a little bit more about how to take a mental break later But I ask them, how often did you do this? At what triggered it? What tool or or strategy did you use to remind yourself to take this break? And we get into this conversation. So take breaks. And this also goes with saying no. And one of the things I've embraced later in life is being able to say, you know, my plate is as full as I'd like it to be right now. Thank you so much. Maybe another time. And I think that's a really important message to send to people um, because then if you continually pile things on your plate, you're never going to get a rest. You will never get a rest. So take breaks. The next one is to wear clothes that make you feel good. I think the fashion industry is is equally guilty as the diet industry for setting these really weird, unrealistic, and and ridiculous uh, standards that that we're supposed to somehow feel like, oh, because it's in, I'm going to wear it. And we spend way too much time, to, time trying to fit into those standards. And it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make us feel good. You feel awkward. Think about it. Like anytime you've put something on where you're like, well, why is this a thing? For me, it's high-waisted jeans. I'm 5'2". High-waisted jeans are completely unrealistic for someone of my size, in my opinion. For me, it makes me feel awkward. And then I don't do my best work if I don't feel confident in what I have chosen to be dressed in. So wear clothes that make you feel good. It'll boost your confidence. Your mindset will shift. It'll be positivity. The next one is move in a way that makes you feel good. So my goal and has always been my goal as a health and exercise professional is to really encourage people to move more, sit less, enjoy balanced nutrition, sleep, manage your stress, and make sure you're taking in some water daily. Doesn't need to be a gallon stay hydrated. And I also try to teach clients that exercise and physical activity are two different concepts. Exercise is very structured and kind of this programmatic, progressive um, kind of approach. Whereas physical activity is kind of just that movement. It can include just getting up from your desk and taking a five-minute walk. That's physical activity. Each are important and each have a purpose. So engage in both. But you should feel encouraged to engage in whatever type of movement makes you feel good, makes you feel energized, and that is progressive. And, and look at how your day is structured. Are there ways you can integrate more movement and less sitting? Do it. And start, start small. Start with a very small goal of I'm going to get up every two hours and I'm going to take a stand break. That's a, that's a very small, very realistic, doable goal. So move however you are called to move and do so with enjoyment. And the best type of exercise or physical activity plan or regimen is one that you enjoy and one that you're going to practice consistently. And you won't get to the consistency part if you don't enjoy it. So prioritize that. The next one, I'm a huge fan of this one because it's the one type of cleanse I think we all need, and it's a social media cleanse. There are so many negative and demotivating messages. Social media is often not a very safe space to share concerns, comments, ideas, or thoughts. And throughout the day, as you're what I call doom scrolling, you're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling scrolling through, and you're coming across all of these, these images and whether you're conscious to it, or it's sort of those subliminal messages that, that take root in your brain somewhere, it's still damaging. And so I like to encourage people, go through your Instagram, go through your TikTok, your Facebook, your Twitter, even LinkedIn, um, and, and start clearing out anything that does not bring you joy or does not make you feel good or provide some sort of inspirational message. Okay. That's definitely one that I would put at the top of your to-do and then unfollow. They're not going to know. Trust me. The next one is practice journaling. I like journaling because it is a really excellent reflective practice that allows us to process experiences, information, feelings. It's a safe space. And it doesn't have to be a lengthy, you know, old school journal. You can type it out on your computer. You can, you know, maybe you have an Evernote process. Maybe you've got another app that helps you journal or, or be reflective. I like it because it it allows us that that ability to take that pause, hit that pause button that, that, oh, we wish life actually had. Um, But it allows us to hit the pause button and, and think about, you know, how you felt around food, how you felt around activity. What was your stress? Like, what was your social social? Like, what was your sleep? Like all of that. And, and what wins did you have for the day? And if this is too much to do over a period of every day, start small, do it like biweekly, or once a week, whatever can fit into your lifestyle and into your mantra, do it. The very last one I really like is setting intentions. So when I work with a client or I teach a group fitness class, I really like to take a minute at the beginning to ask everyone in the room, what is your intention for the work we're going to do today? Is it to feel strong? Is it to let go? Is it to feel refreshed, to unwind, to, to re-energize, to get inspired? Um, it, and I try to keep the focus off of something physical. So it's not to torch calories, it's not to get a booty burn, it's not to do any of that. It's it's really about what is your intention? And then at the end of the session, what I like to do is do another reflective practice where I ask them how how connected did you feel to your intention? And And we kind of process that a little bit. So really the the intention drives focus and supports connecting with a feeling of, or a process rather than some sort of physical appearance or body image, which is why I ask them, how do you want to feel about it? What do you want to think in this duration of, of the work that we're going to do? And so you kind of set that intention and it's something you can do a daily intention. You can do a weekly intention. Maybe that's too much. And maybe it's a monthly intention. This month is my focus is going to be on learning. So I am going to engage in these two activities over the course of the next four to five weeks to accomplish that. And then you can do a reflection at the end. So a lot of these strategies are really about mindset because really as as an exercise professional, the one thing I've learned over time among the many is that you have to get the mind right and then the body will follow. Because if we are constantly telling ourselves we're, we're not good enough and we're questioning our enoughness, the the body absorbs those messages and, and it feels them absolutely. And it takes root and it doesn't do anything for your energy. It doesn't do anything. You're not manifesting something really positive. So I encourage you kind of think back on some of these strategies, reflect on them, use one of those strategies uh, to decide, like, what do I want to try? And what's important for me to get out of this? And it starts with developing that relationship with our body and and we'll never develop that relationship if we don't get the mindset fixed or at least to a place that it's open it's receptive and it's it's welcoming and, it, and it's warm versus listening to all of those diet culture messages which are so so loud they're overt they're in your face all the time but part of it is recognizing it and knowing when to trust it or trash it, whatever message you're receiving. So I hope these strategies were helpful and I would be curious to know what has worked for you in the past or what you are going to try and what the outcome is.